episode 239, Considering Mindfulness Now. This is the Ericast for the week of May 4, 2014. From Ericast.com. Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks for listening to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. 206-339-3742, listener feedback line right up front. Ruth and I were talking about this, and she says this ep- this particular recording, this episode is going to be better. You're thinking, well, better than what? Better than the first time I recorded this episode, which I got about a third of the way through. Well, I I got 100% of the way through. It was, it was a great episode. The actual recording got about a third of the way through and then flatlined. So um, I find it particularly ironic for this week's topic. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence or the universe trying to teach me mindfulness or God trying to keep me from saying something really offensive to somebody. So we'll see that because that first episode's gone. So here's the second version of episode 239. Um so thanks for listening. Trust me, thanks for listening. You don't know what I went to, to through to, to get you this episode. It's all good though. Um, and actually, it's kind of part of the part of the podcasting thing. It happens, you know. Just things things happen. Uh, the Aircast personal podcast uh, is what we're calling it here. The kind of majestic we. Um, you know, I have a wife, I have two daughters, I have a hamster, but really the Aircast is all about me, with the occasional moral support from my wife, who says, "Well, record it again." So, um, personal podcast, because either you came here for a particular topic, that, oh, a mindfulness podcast, that's great, and then you're going to discover that the previous 238 episodes had nothing to do with mindfulness, and the next 238 probably won't either. Or, um, you know me, personally, and um, are just curious about what's on my mind, so thank you for that. Uh, this is this is my sort of one-way conversation with you. Uh, and I'll take any sort of input. Uh, a thumbs up on Twitter is is great. So, Carl Bliss, if you're out there and you're listening um, to what became the full episode, here's the shout-out to you. Thank you for uh, for stirring me on as I, as I went out for a long walk to sort of contemplate a couple things. Anyway, so uh, mindfulness. And this this is um, – the, the joke, which now sort of falls a little bit flat, is that you should never begin a presentation with an apology. Um, and I'm really sorry that I'm going to do that to you this time, which was funny the first time around. Um, and what's all as, – as an aside, lots of asides coming in this episode, by the way. I've heard this in in other podcasts, and I find it very disconcerting because your experience listening to me – is I pushed play and here you are, Eric, and you're babbling about something that has zero cognitive context for me. Cause you weren't here for the first episode recording. You weren't, you, this is the first time you've heard this. Um, but yeah, part of that relational thing, I just have to process through the fact that I'm doing this again and <laughs> taste it again for the first time. Is that a commercial for something? Um, so, mindfulness, a term, I mean, you hear it and it's like, well, that's English, I guess it makes sense, I'll pay attention, be, be mindful, mind the gap, look out for that train, you know, whatever. Um, not something I'd really thought of too much, but 
the description of a session at work sounded um, really interesting. And we have a uh, kind of a uh, training and development program through our HR department, which has grown over the years. You know, in years past, it was it was sort of the um, basic procedural stuff, maybe some Microsoft Office training thrown in, that, that kind of thing. Um, and now that it, it's grown into the uh, kind of this, the really interesting work-life balance things and um, Really, I love it. Really valuable. So this this session came up for mindfulness in the workplace. Two part session. A couple couple Monday mornings. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I signed up for that. I was led by uh, Dr. William Brendel, Bill Brendel, and it turns out that um, there. One theme, not not a hundred percent, not like oh, it's just a different word for this, but one theme was meditation. Now, what's interesting is if you know anything about me, um, you know, kind of living in in evangelical Christian circles, um, that can raise not with, not with me, but that can that can raise some red flags. Um, and what I was going to find for this episode, but I can't find it, and I think. Um, it may have been lost in a in a, a hard drive crash. That is a long, fascinating story that I will I will spare you from in this iteration of this episode. Uh, last iteration did, did about ten minutes on uh, hard drive encryption, um, which was not something I intentionally do, but some drives do it for you anyway. There, so about a decade ago, there was a. Uh, a program at our church that dealt with, um, uh, you know, prayer and reflection and being more intentional about prayer, etc., and raised the notion of contemplative prayer. Now, this is um, this is a conversation point for another episode. Let me know if you want if you want to go here. Um, but there's a. In casual conversation, if if you're not careful, a lot of a lot of things get conflated, and then people will. Um, and this happens across the board. I, I you know, um, in the Christian community and outside the Christian community. Um, oh yeah, you go to church. Well, I heard about you guys. You're the ones picketing the funerals, or whatever, because you've got Baptist in your title. I mean, no, hello, no. Um, well, it. it Goes the other way too, so not all contemplating is bad. Um, meditating can be good, given that Scripture says that you should meditate on Scripture. So the the words alone are not are not harmful words. Um, I would, and this is this is more the philosophy side of me than the religious side of me. Um, I would hold to the fact that we um, we do need to be clear about uh, meanings, definitions, and the fact that contradictory things can't both be true. So uh, now some Eastern philosophy may disagree at that point. I would love to find a uh, a, uh, a practitioner of those philosophies where we could actually have a discussion about that and help me sort of hash some of that out. Because if you just, I mean, you can't just go on the you know, Wikipedia will not help you with trying to figure that out. Um, so anyway, um, 
so I remember very distinctly, but I cannot find any of the documentation on this, that the, the notion of um, contemplative prayer and things raised um, raised some concerns, and people were saying, oh, well, is this an Eastern meditation thing, which is non-Christian? And people were saying, well, wait a minute, A, it's not Eastern meditation, and B, depending on what you mean by Eastern meditation, quote-unquote, that may or may not be compatible with, with traditional Christianity as we understand it. Let's have a discussion about this rather than just, you know, saying, oh, shields up. Um, and I remember it quite distinctly because I was working in the video ministry, which was a, a, a good time, many good years, and it gave me a chance to put all the, the random college video experience that I had um, into practice. Uh, and so we had a, a little switcher, Videonics MX1, um, with some camcorders all running back on, uh, on, on RG6 coax, um, to do this, you know, three camera shoot and, you know, dissolves and mixing stuff and all this over, overlaying, etc. Because, and this all comes to mind, given the, the holy season that we have just come out of, uh, everybody pretty much knows Easter, okay? Easter Sunday, Easter. Most people have heard of Good Friday, um, thus raising the question of, well, it doesn't seem like it was very good. It kind of depends on who you are and what your perspective is. Um, it was not very pleasant for Jesus, but, you know, very good if, if you, if you understand what that sacrifice meant. So there's Good Friday. So most people kind of get that. But prior to that, the day before is called Monday Thursday or Holy Thursday or a bunch of other terms that no one's ever heard of, unless that's your particular denomination. Um, Monday, apparently, um, and it's not Monday, Monday, Thursday. Talk about internal contradiction. It's Monday, Thursday. No, it's Monday, Thursday. Um, and that term is like from the Latin. It deals with foot washing and all sorts of stuff. I don't, I don't know any of the background on. But it was a slower, more down-tempo um reflective, dare I say, contemplative service. And I remember because we had a bunch of candles um, that were, were set up on stage, and I had a, a fourth camera uh, as an auxiliary camera, and I had a remote pan tilt zoom on it, uh, and so I set it up right up at the front of the stage, and it, it framed that up with this this really really nice you know close-up. You can do like the rack focus on the candles, and, um, and then you project that on a 12-foot screen. I mean, it's like just it was really cool. And um, one of the leaders had, had pulled me aside and said, um, okay, you know, given, you know, the controversy we have with the contemplative prayer thing, you know, could you maybe, could you maybe not emphasize the candles too much because they might, uh, they just might look a, a little bit too religious. Hmm, okay, whatever. Um so, yeah, so I approach this topic with a bit of trepidation, knowing that you can get from mindfulness to contemplation to candles to religion to upset people. I mean, I don't quite know how the dots connect, but but trust me, they can. I do not want to connect those dots. I simply want to comment on this this really interesting session that I went through with Dr. Bill Brendel on mindfulness and the, the, the super brief summary. So here, my, my task to you guys is to, um, is sort of, you know, share, comment, reflect, um, on what you do, you know, of in, in what does mindfulness mean to you? Sort of, um, 
I can I, I would summarize it as being in the moment, but the problem is that has this this impulsive um, connotation, kind of the the you know the Kesha, let's go clubbing because we're going to die young, rah rah, sort of live in the moment. Um, I just want to feel this moment, uh, which was a great way to take Aha's take on me and bring it into the new millennium. But um, that is not that is not mindfulness in this sense. It's not that kind of living in the moment. Um, the notion is our brains have all sorts of clutter. I know for a fact in my own life that is very, very, very true. So our brains have lots of clutter, and can we meditate? Be mindful, live in that now, and spend intentional time to to try and declutter our brain, but not try and declutter our brain like, oh, I need to work really hard at not thinking. You know, don't think of a purple elephant. Oh, no, there it is, right? Not that sort of trying, um, but but being in a being in a time that you can you can just be intentional about trying to get past the mind always running on things um which back to the spirituality concept i think has a fascinating implications for christianity because if you really get into kind of the, the uh um evangelical theology it's not about trying it's not about lining up a bunch of stuff that you're supposed to do um say oh maybe i can win god's favor that's sort of the antithesis of it um so i think there are some interesting parallels but it, it's not not ready to carry that any deeper just sort of pondering that um but one of the things that i really really appreciated and i don't know um Exactly how to frame it was um, the reinforcement of the fact that the mind thinks, the mind churns on things, it brings it brings stuff to the surface, and something that Bill emphasized, something I've heard emphasized elsewhere, um, that's okay, that's what it does, um, just sort of observe that, and then, you know, let it go, and get back to... Um, you know, focusing on um, uh, breath. Now, this is going to now, as I say, some people again, whoop, red flag. Um, you know, breath prayers, and oh my goodness, this means what? Well, what's so wrong about it? Um, you know, Jesus went alone in solitude to pray. Jesus breathed. I mean, there's, you know, so, I mean yeah, there's some. I I totally understand that you can get into this weird sort of self worship thing. Um, but I also understand that sometimes you have to step away from the textbooks and say, well, how am I going to actually live this out? Uh, so one of them is, you know, focus on deep breathing, which is good. We need oxygen. Um, we have bodies. They run on air. We need to breathe. And if you, uh, if you then discover that you're thinking about, did I remember to feed the hamster this morning, um, rather than saying, oh no, I am such a, a bad mindful person, I can't believe I'm distracted, woe is me, you say, hmm, the, the, the mind has brought the hamster to the forefront. Okay, now we'll let the hamster thought go, breathe in, breathe out. So, you know, that's, and that's about as far as I've gone, um, but, but taking a couple little steps, so one is, uh, 
you'll hear other podcasters talking about this. There's, a, there's an iPhone app called Lyft um, where you, you basically you know commit to, you know, here's whatever activity and you check off a little checkbox and it motivates you. It says, good job. You've you know gone on a walk six days in a row, that sort of thing. Um, I find that really fascinating as, as a kind of like a robo coach sort of idea. You know, are there, are there applications that, um, you know, at a really basic artificial intelligence level sort of thing could, um, could, could help us engage in things that, um, you know, remember, remember our question? Remember the question that Eric has keeps coming back to is how do you encourage uh, intrinsic motivation in people to more deeply engage in a voluntary community or activity that they profess to value? Remember that? So there you go. Well, one way might be the Lyft app, which says, hey, you're going to go for a walk today, Eric? It'll be your seventh day in a row. Kind of cool. So there are there are, are, are programs now, exactly know what to call them, uh, things, collections, um, for uh, one is, is, is for Calm, calm.com. Um, and what I found, so here's a, this is a secret tidbit for for a colleague who may or may not still listen. Um, but I told him this is for a personal project, so now now he knows who he is. He'll he'll know what this what this is for. So Bill had a watch. I was not sufficiently observant, which I was going to say, or mindful, but in some ways, observation is the opposite of a reflective mindfulness. Because one of the other participants there said, "Hey, I like your watch." At which point I noticed his watch. Um, and you can Google this; it's a it's a standard you know watch round round face. Um, just Google you know um, past future watch. Um, you know how some watches have the little date window on them, and every day it, you know the the wheel turns and it, you know goes to the next date. So this watch does not have a standard face. It's round, but does not have any moving hands. It has a window like that date window at the top. The window shows the hour and it shows the, the minute below it. You're both on wheels and the minutes are like in five minute increments. Painted on the dial is one line straight up that's marked present. To the left of that line, it just says past. And to the right of that line, it says future. And the point of the watch is, is sort of a... A, a good-natured but effective as a timepiece um, reminder to live in in the now, uh, because our brains sure do like to to you know rehash and fret about the past um, or worry about the future. The idea is live, be be present, live in the now. Okay, so topic three or four or whatever I'm up to. Um, I have a Fitbit Force. The Fitbit Force is the one that like yeah, heats up, bursts into flames, burns your skin, starts, you know, you get a rash, whatever. It's really only the rash that people have to worry about. Um, but I love it. Long story. Ask me if, um, let me know if you want to know about the Force. Uh, I don't think I've talked about the Force yet in any detail. Maybe I have. Um, 206-339-3742. So I have a Fitbit Force. Drink of water. If I were a better podcaster, I'd edit that out, but just keeping it real. So I have a Fitbit Force, and the Fitbit Force, it's a wristband, it has a display, and you push the button on the side, and it lights up, and it shows you what the time is, which is nice. Um, some of the other Fitbits don't have a, a, a clock feature, but if I'm wearing something on my wrist, I want, want it to function as a watch. It shows you how many steps you've taken and things. 
So what I did, I'm kind of a, a label geek. I like a good label. And you've seen these, you know, Dymo or, or, or Brother brand uh, labels where you get the little glossy label. And typically they're black text and a white background. Well, if you work really hard and if you've got friends in high places, you can score label material that's white text on a black background, glossy black. And the glossy black exactly matches the display on the Fitbit Force. So, worked a, worked a little magic with my colleagues and I said, I need like, like not even two inches of this, this, this material. I, I don't need a roll of X number of feet yards for 20 some bucks or whatever. I just need, just need a couple inches. I need one little word for a personal project. And so my Fitbit Force has now been modified, has a display and below it, there's a label, which beautiful, looks like it belongs there. One word, white text, black background, the word now. Because I realized I need some sort of visual reminder. This is it for me. Um, when I look down at my wrist, counting steps, or you know, want to check the time or whatever, just a little nudge of reminder that any moment is right now. Okay? Yes, it's a tautology, and it is what it is. And I, sure. But really, I... You know, if you think about it, that's kind of a useful reminder. Because I think the, the, the philosophy or worldview of, of this mindfulness thing that I'm just beginning to explore. I have not dug into it very deeply. I would love to know if you've got any thoughts on it. Um, but I in particular, I could live my entire life in the past. Um, that's not healthy. <laughs> I used to fret more about the future and I'll admit that my work cycle, you know, we're already planning for summer and we, we've got to think about, you know, fall launch and stuff. Um, that gets a little hard um, to never quite, you know, be in the present. And so that one little word, which I'm literally wearing on myself now, I'm going to see if that helps. So, that and the occasional long walk can get me past the fact that you press record and the podcast episode might just disappear. Yeah. Um, tons of other interesting stuff going on. Uh, let me know uh, what direction you want me to steer this because, uh, as I say, we could go all sorts of different directions. Things line up. Next week's episode is going to be really good. We'll see. And so hopefully there will be an episode next week. But thank you for listening. Let me know what you think. I'm not going to jinx myself and promise an episode next week. So I'm going to stick with the until next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com. I was writing paper on the PC and it was like, beep, 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 beep. and then like half of my paper was gone. And I was like, hmm? it's devoured my paper. It was really good paper. And then I had to write it again, and I had to do it fast, so it wasn't as good. It's kind of a bummer. I'm Ellen Feist, and I'm a student.